Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the game recap, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Jason, huge win for the Colts today, 41-21 over the Detroit Lions. Alliance team and everybody now after the game, a lot of people that say this usually before the game, play it up like the Colts are going to lose then after the game they say ah it's just the Lions they did it with the Bears they've done it multiple times this season before the game I don't think the Colts are going to win after the game and eh, it's just the Lions and eh, it's just the Bears and eh, it's just it's not a big win for the Colts this was a huge win for the Colts say what you want about the Detroit Lions but coming into this game at four and two to win this game improve to five and two now looking ahead at our next four games Four games against three teams who woke up this morning at five and one. All three teams lost, so they're all sitting at five and two, just like the Colts. But a big stretch against three playoff caliber teams over the next four weeks. We have four games against teams that are sitting at five and two in playoff position as everything currently stands. So this was a big win for the Colts. I didn't feel like there's a lot of juice this morning on Twitter. I felt like Colt fans, I don't know if it was because of the opponent or what, but I felt like we woke up this morning. People weren't jacked up for this game. This was a huge game. The difference between four and three and five and two, when you look at the gauntlet we have ahead of us, is a massive difference. This was a big win for the Colts. We trailed seven zip early. We battled back. We take a 13-point lead. They score in the second half. A six point game. They have ball. Darius Leonard, strip sack, big time player, makes a big time play in his return. It was great to have Darius Leonard back from the groin injury. And then we end up scoring a couple unanswered touchdowns. Kenny Moore has a pick. Phillip Rivers played really well. Naheem Hines, a pair of touchdowns. Burton with his second rushing touchdown in as many games. And it's Colts 41, Lions 21, a 20-point victory for the Colts in a much-needed game, a much-needed win as we now head into this November gauntlet. Luke, you made a great point. There was not a lot of juice, and this game was huge. I mean, honestly, there was no way going forward that I saw us making the playoffs losing this game only because of what you mentioned. It's not just the next four games. I mean, we, we've got – still have Pittsburgh. I mean, it's it's just – it had we had to win it. And not only did we win it, I thought we did a lot of things wrong and we still won this game by 20. I mean, yep. our special teams were as bad. They, 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 they were awful today. Let's just be honest. They were awful. But the bottom line is our team found a way to overcome mistakes and, and really put their foot on another team's neck and, and blow them out. I mean, the game was close, but it's turned in the span of 15 seconds. And I really thought the Colts had to have it, and I, and I said repeatedly over the past two weeks when people were bitching about the defense, you don't know how much Darius Leonard means to this defense. It's not the same when you have Anthony Walker in there on nickel because they attack 54. They're smart. Teams are smart. The Bengals attacked him all game. We couldn't adjust. We didn't have Leonard for either the Browns or the Bengals game. He was in there today, and what a difference it made. I mean, the pressure, he blitzed, he, he forced a fumble. He's just a huge difference maker. When you have him on the field in past situations instead of Anthony Walker, that's like a drop-off from Anthony Costanzo to LaRaven Clark. That's how bad Walker is in past defense. And we saw it again today on the first drive of the second half. They attacked him out of halftime, and you saw their offensive coordinator immediately attack him. Obviously, that was their game plan to come out in the second half and attack 54, and they did it. And they went right down the field, and he was awful. And my point is, Darius Leonard, the reason why our defense wasn't as good or didn't look as good is because we didn't have our all-pro linebacker. Now we do, and you saw how great we look today. Big win. I'm pumped, Luke. The Titans lose to Cincinnati. It's not, you know, being behind 21 nothing is and coming back to win by four isn't as bad as, you know, nope. being blown out. So, and how many, Jason, how many people, Titan fans included, said, oh, the Colts aren't that good. How do you play a close game against the Bengals? How are you trailing 21 zip against the Bengals? Because the Bengals are an NFL football team and they're a team that have a very young, well, not that young. I mean, he's 24, but a rookie quarterback 
who is going to be a star in this league. We played Joe Burrow a couple weeks ago. The Titans played him today, and we got mocked for playing a close game. You get mocked for winning in this league? Nah, you don't get mocked for winning in this league. We got mocked a couple weeks ago, and then the Titans come out. They play the same opponent, and to be honest with you, they didn't even keep it close. That Not game, really. from cover to cover, that game was almost all Bengals. Like, you always kind of felt like the Titans were going to get back into it, but they never really did. And the Bengals kind of won that game going coast to coast. Absolutely. And and listen, the Titans have a major problem in their secondary, and that's not going to get fixed by a trade or anything else. Their secondary is just not very good. When we play them, I really expect Reich to exploit the Titans' secondary. Burrow just destroyed them today. He was – Burrow's the real deal. I try to tell people, like – their, their defense isn't very good, but their offense is is good now. It's already good. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line isn't very good, but their skill players and they didn't even. And crazy thing is, Luke, they didn't even have Mixon. No, nope. they did this without Mixon. So Bernard filled in well for them. And and listen, thank you to the Cincinnati Bengals, man. You guys and we gave them a lot of credit when, when we did our post game. They they came to play against us, and if you don't bring it against them, they will beat you. Yep. And they and and look, the the Titans obviously didn't watch our film. Or they thought they were better than what they really were because the, the Bengals really took it to them. And it wasn't just a fluke. I mean, this was, like you said, cover to cover, pillar to post. They got beat. And uh, I, I appreciate the Bengals, man. If I could, I'd send uh, Zach Taylor a thank well, you card. Now we're, now we're tied up, brother. We're tied yeah, up. With and I, have, I have two thank yous for the Bengals. One thank you for beating the Titans today. And a second thank you for waking up Frank Reich and this Colts offense a couple of weeks ago. The Colts offense that we saw in the second quarter and second half against the Bengals and the Colts offense we saw at times today was not the same Colts offense we saw weeks one through five. This is a different Colts offense. It's a little bit more creative. We use the middle of the field a little bit better. And today we saw us getting Naheem Hines out in space. And me and Jason were talking about this over the summer. We were talking about it weeks one weeks two weeks three and jordan wilkins how many times over the summer jason going back to the draft when we drafted in april jonathan taylor we said well what about jordan wilkins this guy's averaging 5.8 yards per carry we have marlon mack who's a pro bowl caliber running back and then we have naheem hines who we like a lot and then we just had jonathan williams who we released and he ran for 200 yards in back-to-back games including a thursday night game last year and a touchdown. So we didn't need a running back in the second round. And not to say that Taylor is not going to be a great player. I believe he will be a great player. And I think he's looked really great at times this year. And then of course, at times he's looked like a rookie this year, but today we saw Jordan Wilkins take 20 plus carries. He had over 80 yards. He had a touchdown and he was huge for the Colts today. And it's Reich starting to do things that we were wondering why he wasn't doing them earlier in the year. Why is Naheem Hines, and we still have some issues with how he's using Hines in the run game, but why isn't he getting him out in space? Well, now we lose all our speed receivers, including T.Y. today, unfortunately, and he's almost forced to play Naheem Hines out in space. And what's it result in? It results in a pair of touchdowns. It results in Naheem Hines having a great day. And then Jonathan Taylor struggles a little bit. Obviously, Marlon Mack's been out since week one. It sucks. And we see Jordan Wilkins step in, and we see him get carries that he wasn't supposed to get, Frank Reich said, in the post game, That wasn't part of the plan. But things happen the way they happen. He gets the carries, and he clearly made the most of it, as he's made the most out of it every year he's been in Indianapolis. But for some reason, it's just so hard for Wilkins to get opportunities for whatever reason. It's a great point, Luke, and, we, and we've been on the Jordan Wilkins bus this whole time. I mean, we were, both of us have really liked that kid. I don't understand and haven't really understood two things. One, how we've used Hines or not used him in the passing game, which we finally used him correctly today, thank God. And then Wilkins finally getting a chance to actually get more than like eight, nine, ten carries. I mean, he only had, I think, one touch in the last two games, so – He's finally getting to carry the ball. He gets he, he damn near got 90 yards on 20 carries. That's way over four yards to carry. The difference in this game for me as far as the difference between Taylor and Wilkins was when Wilkins got the ball, he hit the hole. There was no dancing. There was no cutback. There was, he, found, he saw the hole. He hit the hole. And then once he got through the hole, he ran through guys. Honestly, Taylor doesn't run through a lot of guys for as physical as he is. Wilkins really can, is slippery, and he can get through holes. And he's very difficult to tackle. And I thought you saw that today. I thought he was really the difference 
our offense changed when he was in the game. It really did. I thought we, we were able to do some up-tempo things. We were able to do some hurry-up stuff. I've loved the kid. I, I mean, he's done nothing but get better every year. He had a fumbling issue his rookie year. Rathman coached him up. He hasn't fumbled since. He wasn't great his second year in catching the ball out of the backfield. Now he can do that. Now he can pick up blitzes. I honestly think our best chance to win right now is with him starting the game. Now, it's not a big deal to start. It's about who gets the most carries. And honestly, I think Wilkins deserves more carries. I just think our offense looks different when he's toting a rock because he's such a physical runner, but he's also a guy that's slippery in between the tackles. Taylor's just not ready, not quite there yet. He's not quite there yet. He's he's had some really good games, but today just wasn't one of them. Maybe you start Taylor, and if he's just not getting it done, you bring in Wilkins. Maybe that's the way to go. And I wouldn't have a problem with that either, but I just think Wilkins has to be a big part of this offense. Get rid of the Heinz carries, unless it's one or two carries a game, and get him the ball in the passing game. He was electric in the passing game today. And how about Phillip Rivers finding him? That throw to the end zone, the longer throw that he had, I think it was the second one he had, immaculate mm-hmm. throw. I mean, just a great throw. And, and Heinz did have a drop, but just a great game overall. And I thought Reich actually used him correctly today, minus the – the third quarter, the third quarter, Reich, I don't know what he, what that was, but minus that quarter, I thought Reich used him great today. Wilkins was great. I thought Rivers was – this might have been Rivers' best game. I mean, he was just – he didn't throw anything close to an interception, protected the ball. But as far as Wilkins go, we Luke, we've said this over and over again. This kid deserves touches. He deserves the playing time. He's earned it. And I was happy to see it today, man. He was really, really outstanding today in Detroit. He was. And when you look at the three running backs – Hines had five carries for eight yards. Get it out of the offense. You don't need Naheem Hines. I mean, Naheem Hines is a huge part of this offense. He's a huge part of this team. Just in a role that fits him best. You're not going to run read options where Phillip Rivers is running the ball because that's not his strong suit. Phillip Rivers, obviously a huge part of this offense, a captain, the quarterback of this team, but you're not going to have him on the run running bootlegs and stuff like that. That's not his game. Naheem Hines is a undersized running back. It's not his game to be running between the tackles. You get him out in space and then great things. And we saw today great things happen when the ball was in Naheem Hines' hands out in space. That first touchdown, are you kidding me? With the tightrope down the sideline, getting into the end zone, and then doing some 2021 gymnastics crap that could be in the Olympics. I mean, that was insane. The second one, he didn't stick the landing. But the first one was out of this world. He does a cartwheel into a back handspring Spin, I mean, it was whatever it was, it was out of this world. The guy is a incredible athlete. And then he has another one, second touchdown, does another great celebration. But Naheem Hines, huge part of this offense, but you got to use him correctly. Guys are best when they're used to play to their strength. And that's something that Frank Reich has struggled with at times this year. And it seemed today, even though I didn't think Reich had a perfect game plan offensively, I didn't think Reich coached this offense perfectly. I didn't like all the play calls. I thought we came out in the second half slug. I thought we came out in the second half playing and coaching like 20 points was enough to win the game. Like, it's okay. The defense is never going to give up 21 in this game. 20 is enough. We're good. We're content. And you can't be content with 20 points in this league. It's not realistic. So after we had the Darius Leonard strip, the offense goes down. We score. We take a shot. We were still a little sluggish. We take a shot to Doolin. Big pass interference call. We're able to punch it in. And then we have the Kenny Moore pick six, and the game is pretty much over at that point. So I didn't think Reich had a perfect game, but it's good to see. For whatever reason, unfortunately, for some of the reasons, it seems to be injury-related why he's going with certain guys in certain spots. Like, we lose all our speed receivers. Now I have to use Naheem Hines out there. But for whatever reason, we are starting to see our best players put in the best positions to succeed, which is great. So all in all, I thought Reich did a good job. I think the last two weeks, he's done a much better job than early in the season. And Phillip Rivers, Jason, you talked about that second touchdown pass, or was it the first touchdown pass to Naheem Hines? Incredible throw. Just getting the ball off quick. There was a third and five early in the game where he gets the ball off so quick. I think it was to Taylor. He gets the first down. And there's just plays like that where Jacoby never gets the ball off that quick. We just know it's never going to happen. And there was multiple 
plays like this as you watch these games and you're like, well, that, that never would have been completed last year. That would have been a sack or that would have been a throwaway or scrambling around into no man's land because that initial read would have never been processed quick enough under center. And then also he made one incredible throw. It was kind of like a back shoulder throw. The D back never got his head turned to Pascal. So Philip Rivers, really impressive. He has six touchdowns now the last two weeks, just the one pick against the Bengals today. 23 of 33, 262 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and completed passes to 11 different receivers, 10 of which had a reception in the first half, and eight had multiple receptions in this game. So we're spreading it around. We're getting multiple guys involved, a lot of fresh bodies interchanging in and out of the game and Phillip Rivers turning back the clock playing like it's 2018 and past that because he does not look like the guy he looked like in 2019. The guy that a lot of people told us was coming to Indianapolis. We never believed it. There were scares at times this year and it looks like he's playing his best football now from the second quarter of Cincinnati through the final play of the Detroit Lions game. Phillip Rivers is playing his best football of the season at the most important time as we look ahead to these next four games. This is the Phillip Rivers you want under center leading this offense. Absolutely, Luke. And, uh, and listen, man, this is what I thought we were getting. And honestly, people gave him a lot of crap the first few weeks. And I really believe, and I'll, I'll think this till whenever, till I'm dead, I guess, that he did not have a normal offseason he knows we always point out, yes, he knows the offense, but knowing the offense and being in sync with the players that run it with you are two different things. And we had a completely different type of training camp, basically a Zoom meeting offseason. And so it was always going to take him. And, and I think it was just the optimist in us hoping it wouldn't. But the realist was thinking, OK, it's probably going to take him three or four weeks to get into the flow. Well, it took him about, what, five, six weeks. And now he looks like what I thought he would look like. Quick decisions, accurate throws, the offensive line's protecting him. He's not getting hit. After the one sack today, was out, the offensive line was outstanding protecting him, had all day to throw, makes all the throws, throwing it down the field, stretching the field. I mean, just an absolutely great game from him today. Not one ball. Like, usually with, with him, there's a couple balls where you're like, you know, either they get intercepted or you're like, Phil, what are you doing? Not one of those today. He was outstanding. Got the ball, like you said, to a bunch of different receivers, which is always key in an offense. You want to be balanced, and you want to spread the ball around. And we did that today. He was great at it. I mean, that's the key to this team. A different guy every game showing up and making big plays. Last week, it was Marcus Johnson. This week, it was Naheem Hines. And that's what I think is, is going to be great about the rest of this season is teams can't just game plan for one guy. We've got a lot of different guys, and a lot of them – don't have a lot of film on them. So, like, I mean, guys like Marcus Johnson can be difference makers in this offense. He had another game that was solid, made some big plays down the field, and he runs great routes. He knows how to sit down in a zone. You saw that one play over the middle for a big first down where he sits down in the zone and Phillip finds him. Just an outstanding performance by Phillip Rivers and really outside of a couple drops, an outstanding job by everybody. I mean, the offensive line was good. Wilkins was good. The receivers were good outside the drops. I'm really pumped about where we're headed. The Titan loss added to it. It's just, I love where we're going. Everything's in front of us. We got two games against the Titans. I still want this division, brother. I still want to get this division. And this game, we had to have it. We got it. Everybody took care of business. Special teams got to get better. Got to play better. I think they will. They've been outstanding for the season. Had a bad week. Got to bounce back next week against a great Ravens team. But, man, I am pumped, Luke. I'm, I mean, just an outstanding win. We had to have it. Had to have it. We talked about we don't like to talk about must wins this early in the season, but looking at our schedule, we had to have this game. We got it. After the initial touchdown, we outscored them 41 to 14. So really an outstanding job by the Colts. And man, if you couldn't tell Luke, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm pumped up too. And I said before the game on Twitter, I hate to use the term must win because when somebody says to me, like, let's say I'm not following a team, right? I'm talking to my buddy. He's a Dolphins fan. I don't follow the team. He tells me must win. I think must win means you win the game. You're going to the playoffs. You lose the game. 
your season's over, or you win the game and you're still alive to see another week, you lose the game, season's over. So when you throw the term must win out, I usually interpret it if I don't know the situation or I don't know any of the teams involved, I'll interpret it as, okay, their season ends today if they don't win this game. Must win. I mean, that's just pretty much the definition of it. But then there's also games where it's like, okay, we really, really, really need to win this game and really, really, really need to win this game. I think we've seen already five of them this season. And I think it's all five that we've won out of the seven games. Week one, you can't say it is week one. How could you possibly say it week one? So week one, I didn't say it. Week two, you're already 0-1. I thought we really, really, really needed to win week two. I thought that was a game we really couldn't lose. And then you're playing the Jets, who are going to go out and win so you have to win that game every team playing the Jets they might as well consider it a must win because it's one of those you can't lose type of games because if you lose to the Jets you might as well turn in your card and just forfeit the season and then I didn't think it against the I didn't the only other game I didn't think it against was the Browns I didn't think it against the Browns because we were already three and won that game Bengals I thought it because I looked at the Bengals like I looked at this Lions game looking forward to the rest of November. So I was thinking, okay, you win those two games, you're sitting at five and two, then you're in good shape because let's say you split these next four and you go two and two, you're sitting at seven and four. Seven and four with a pair of games against the Texans who aren't playing well. You still have the Jaguars week 17. I highly doubt they sweep us. They haven't won a game since they beat us week one. So – I feel really good about where this team is, Jason. I thought today was a huge game and a huge win because the difference between four and three and five and two is huge. And I don't want to, I haven't heard it yet. And I really don't want to hear anybody say it was just the Lions. No, I don't want, well, that too. But I really (laughs) don't want to hear anybody say this team was five and two last year. What's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is we have an all world three tech that pushes the pocket on every play. This is clearly a better defense. We have a hall of fame quarterback who knows how to read defenses and get the ball off quick. And this team is just clearly better. You look at last year's five and two, we were five and two with a plus minus of plus seven. It's almost not even possible to be plus a touchdown (laughs) when you're three games over 500, you need to be winning every game by the skin of your teeth to be plus seven at five and two. And then this year we're five and two. Again, we're plus 62 we are plus 62 with the same record we were this time last year at plus seven this team is worlds better than last year's team this team would kick last year's team all around the field because i don't think jacoby would be able to move the ball oh no sense and i think philip rivers would probably have a field day with last year's defense or maybe not a field day, but he'd score enough to win the game and win the game comfortably. So this team is clearly better than last year's team. I don't think plus minus is everything. If you're plus 62 and you're 500, you're a 500 team. But if you look at a five and two team and a five and two team side by side and one's plus seven and one's plus 62, I'm going to say, okay, that plus 62 team is better than that plus seven team because They've played seven NFL teams and they've outscored them by 62 points. That's pretty impressive. And no, we haven't played the Jets every week. This was a Lions team that was three and one over their last four games. They were winning football games. That Bengals team, they looked real bad two weeks ago, right? Oh, you're the Bengals. You're losing 21 zip to the Bengals. Well, they just beat and beat pretty convincingly the team who was number one in our division entering the day in the Tennessee Titans who everybody thought was the greatest team in the world when they were five and oh they've lost back-to-back games now their plus minus is closer to that Colts team of 2019 than this Colts team of 2020 and I feel great great about where this team is because we're not barely getting by with the quarterback the quarterback's playing great football the offensive line at times has struggled this season in comparison to last season but i think they're gelling the biggest advantage last year's team has over this year's team right now jason is marla mack and it's not like we are deprived of running backs we have a pretty good stable of backs and unfortunately none of them are named marla mack but they're getting the job done they're gelling and they're stepping up in roles that fit them best. As we now see Jordan Wilkins thriving and we see 
Naheem Hines getting out in space, catching the ball out of the backfield with a quarterback who's able to get him the ball, which is huge because last year we were never able to get the ball to Naheem Hines out of the backfield. Now we have a quarterback who's able to get the ball out quick, read the defense, get the ball into Hines' hands. And when you get the ball into his hands, you're going to get yak and you're going to have great things happen, which we've seen. Absolutely. And just, just one other comment before we get into the defense. I, I just want to say this about people that say, oh, it's well, well, it's just Detroit or it's just this team or just that team. Listen, Detroit beat Arizona. Arizona's good. So if we don't show up versus Detroit, we could easily lose that game. Let's look at let's look at uh, Tennessee and, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati ran out on us 21-0. We came back and won. What do they do? They go in. They beat our rival today with a, with a huge win over the Titans. Look at Minnesota. Everybody, Minnesota sucks. Minnesota – Guess what? They beat Green Bay today. So there aren't any layups in this league other than the Jets. You, If you don't bring it on Sunday, you will get beat. And I don't want to hear any of that crap. I don't want to hear any of it. The NFL, if you don't show up, I don't care who you play, you will get beat. And what we've seen during this season has, has bore that out. The, the Lions beat a, a really solid Arizona team on the road. The Bengals beat the Titans, who are leading our division. Minnesota today goes out and really beats a really solid Green Bay team who was five and one. So I don't want to hear about it. We could, I mean, what if we lose all three of those games? This is our season's in the commode. So I don't want to hear about the the the, the schedule. We're playing what we're playing. We're going to find out how good we are in the next four weeks. And I suspect people are going to be a little surprised at the outcome. Yep. And then I don't like to do like this team lost to this team lost to this team, but we beat the Bears pretty convincingly. They beat the Tampa Bay Bucks pretty convincingly and the Bucks look everybody's talking about the Bucks going to the Super Bowl now so we've been in I mean and if you go back to week one I think nine out of ten times we beat the Jaguars you look at the Browns the Browns were super super hot when we ran into them we ran into a hot team we ran into the wrong team at the wrong time when we played them and we were still trying to find our footing offensively I think if we played the Browns next week if we played them in Indy next week I think we win that game so I think right now that this Colts team could pretty much beat anybody they see it doesn't mean we're going to run the gamut go undefeated win a Super Bowl but the point is individually take any team could the Colts beat this team Yes or no. I think every team in the league right now is a yes for this team. I think we are good enough to go toe to toe and beat any team, anytime, anywhere. Doesn't mean you're going to go undefeated. We're still going to have our ups and downs. We're still going to have more losses and we're not like this next four game stretch is a perfect example. Could we beat the Ravens? Yes. Could we beat the Packers? Yes. Could we beat the Titans? Yes. Are we going to go four and oh in those four games? I doubt it. But could we go three and one? Could we go four and oh? Yes. Could we go three and one? Yes. And I was content before today with three and two in November. Once you win a game and you get that taste, like next week we beat Baltimore, then three and two in this stretch would actually look like a disappointment because you win the first two. So then you'd be like, you know what? Splitting with Tennessee is a must. And I don't think the Packers are really all that good. I think, the, I think it's a typical Packer team. They have a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. He's moody. If you get on him early, he could pack it in, as we've seen multiple times. He packed it in against Tampa. Tampa, they score first. Then Tampa scores a couple unanswered touchdowns. And Rodgers just takes himself out of the game. He sits on the end of the bench. So every game is winnable for the Colts. That's the point. The point is there isn't a game on this schedule where it's like, okay, you have to chalk that up as a loss because the Colts won't be able to compete in it. I think the Colts could compete against any team they see this year. Doesn't mean we're going to finish the season 14 and two and win a Super Bowl, but it does mean each and every game we go into with the mentality. This is a winnable game last year, Jason, perfect game last year. <laughs> Perfect game. We're all thinking it. All our listeners are thinking of it. New Orleans. We were never oh, going God. into New Orleans last year with <laughs> Jacoby Brissett and beating. And that was a Monday night game, right? We were never oh, winning God. that game. Jacoby was never out dueling Drew Brees on Monday night football in the Superdome. Back when fans used to come to games, it was never happening. This Colts team right now with Phil Rivers, the way Rivers is playing, could beat anybody in the league that is awesome for us as fans because we have the optimism every game we get to tune in with 
we have a chance in this game. And that's really fun as fans. And I can't wait. I don't want to look past, especially because you have a great team in the Ravens. I don't want to look past the Ravens, but I can't wait for the Tennessee Titans. I just can't wait because they're <laughs> so annoying. Their fans are so freaking annoying. They haven't, they act like they haven't been there before because they really haven't been there too often, but we still have to get into the defense and the defense was balling today. And kind of what you expect when you get your all world linebacker back and Darius Leonard looked great today. The defensive line. Oh my God. It's so much fun. Cause even when we had Freenia Mathis and clearly we don't have that type of threat from our edge rushers on this team, but we never had this interior. Like, could you imagine Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner with (laughs) Freenia Mathis? You would have like a hall of fame defensive line we had five sacks today four of them coming from the defensive line on uh, Matthew Stafford of course the big strip sack from Darius Leonard Kenny Moore got beat early for a touchdown I didn't think the coverage was awful I thought it was a great pass I thought it was a dime for Matthew Stafford but he gets beat early comes back later in the game with a pick six and it was just a really solid performance from this defense suffocating at times where Stafford and the offense, they could never run the ball. They had no run game at any point all game. So we shut that down from the get-go. There was times where they clearly abandoned it and they had to abandon it. And I questioned why does Flus have Anthony Walker on the field here? They have to throw the ball. They can't run it on us. So you might as well just put personnel in the game like Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki, keep Okariki on the field instead of Walker because they have to throw the football. But all in all, really solid performance from this Colts defense. We hold them to 21 points. The first seven came off the punt block. So that was really just one big play following the punt block. You can't even really put that on the defense. There was another drive in there. They go down later in the game and score a touchdown, kind of garbage time because we already had the Kenny Moore pick six and we already kind of put him away at that point. So they really only had one major drive against us today, which is going to happen. You're going up against a really talented quarterback in Stafford. So they had one big touchdown drive where they were still in the game and it was to open up the second half. Good kickoff return. They went right down the field. They kind of picked on Anthony Walker. They were target him pretty much every play had one big play 30 something yards and then they get him again for the touchdown they cut it to six and then they get the ball back and they had the ball with a chance to take a lead in this game when you look at the final score 41 21 you don't even think you forget at any point in time in the second half this was competitive but it was for a second there and that's when Darius Leonard got the tomahawk. He looked like he was Dwight Freeney or Robert Mathis getting back there with the tomahawk chop, getting the ball out. I think Autry recovered that. He had a big game. Him and Lewis both had big games. I think they combined. I don't know how they split that up, but I think they combined for four out of the five sacks and then Leonard there with the strip sack. So just a really solid performance from this Colts defensive line and this Colts defense as a full unit. Yeah, they were outstanding today. I mean, the, I thought Flus had a solid game plan, just really attacking them with our front four. There's some games mixed in there. He had some run blitzes early on in the game that I thought maybe caught them off guard. Willis blitzed a couple times, and I saw Kenny Moore come off the edge once. But for the most part, it was just the front four just dominating. Those guys absolutely dominated today. It was uh, When it wasn't just DeForest Buckner, it was all those guys. I mean, Grover was absolutely outstanding today. Tyquan Lewis looks like he's coming into his own. Autry with a big fumble recovery. The two linebackers, Okariki and Leonard, those guys in on nickel were outstanding. And then the corners were pretty solid. I thought Rhodes had a bit of a tough game, but I, you know, I, overall, I really thought the guys were outstanding. Blackman finally made a mistake that I noticed <laughs> when he got beat over the top on that long pass. But the defensive line just really tore up there. It was four on five, and they just they just wore him out. I mean, rotationally, bringing guys in and out and getting to Stafford and knocking them down. I, they, Stafford looked like he was a beaten man at the end of this game. He took he took mm-hmm. an Andrew Luck style beating in this game. Let's just be honest. He got he got his ass kicked, and uh, I thought our defensive line was just the difference in the game. They were outstanding. Yeah, and a lot of people might look at this score and say, well, the Colts still gave up 21 points. How are you complimenting the defense? I mean, 21 points is still a decent amount of points. I mean, that's like an average performance. 
the Lions had 12 possessions in this game. They only scored three touchdowns, and one of them came on a short field of 25 yards off the block punt. So if you take away that possession, I know you can't take away a possession, seven points to seven points, but let's say you just look at the 11 possessions where it was a full field of 60-plus yards. They scored two touchdowns. They had two turnovers, including a pick six. So we only got outscored the other 11 possessions, 14 to seven when they had the ball. And then we held them to one field goal attempt, which they missed before the half. That's a great defensive performance because our offense scored 35 points plus the pick six. So when you're on the field for 11 or 12 possessions, you're going to give up yards you're going to give up touchdowns it's not like they had the ball six times and they scored three touchdowns that'd be 50 percent. this was a fraction this was three times in 12 chances it's a pretty big difference no they forced turnovers they made big plays leonard was outstanding one thing i love about Fluce, if you noticed after the first drive of the second half where they attacked walker all the way down the field he played nickel the rest of the game walker wasn't on the field so I love that about Flus. He makes in-game adjustments. He, he, you know, if he sees something that's not working, he's not, he doesn't have a big ego. He'll, he'll absolutely change things throughout the game. Sometimes I think Reich has an issue with that. Sometimes I think he's trying to put a, what is it, a round peg into a square hole kind of deal. Flus isn't like that. Like he makes adjustments. I thought getting Walker out of the game, just getting him off the field was, I thought, a huge thing. You know, having 53 back on the field makes such a big difference. I tried to tell people the last two weeks, this isn't the usual Colts defense. If 53 isn't on the field, this isn't the Colts defense. 53, not Anthony Walker. 53 is the heart and soul of our team, or the heart and soul of our defense. Without him, we are not the same defense. We get him on the field, he is a difference maker. Best off-ball linebacker in the league, I'll argue that with anyone. He comes back, makes an immediate impact. He makes plays always makes plays, a difference maker, big-time play today, and it was great to see 53 back on the field. Yeah, and this is why the best players, the blue-chip talent that don't grow on trees and are hard to find, especially at premier positions, make the big bucks. When Darius Leonard's rookie contract's up or probably a year or two before that, he's going to get paid. He's going to make a ridiculous amount of money. And there's a reason why the best players make more money than the average players and the below average players. So when you don't have Darius Leonard out there against the Bengals or out there against the Browns, people are like surprised that the defense isn't as good. Your best players being on the field makes your team better. When we lost Peyton Manning in 2011, we weren't the team we were from 2004 through 2010 we just weren't the same team because we lost one of our best players when you lose one of your best players you can't expect the same results from the backup it's just common sense so the last couple weeks when people are critiquing the defense at times it's like yeah but you do realize one of their all pros isn't out there it's pretty big missing piece yeah absolutely and listen there's a big drop off from walker or from Darius Leonard to Anthony Walker Jr. And I know a lot of people out there love Anthony Walker. He's a great kid. I like him too. But I got news for you. If you think he's going to be here next year, I, I, I'm just going to tell you right now, he's not going to be here. Okariki's the middle linebacker of the future. He's going to be starting. We're probably going to draft another linebacker. Listen, Anthony Walker is fine as a rotational guy, but he cannot – I mean, I cannot put into words how bad he is in coverage. You just can't have him on the field. They attack 54 every time he's on the field because they know how bad he is in coverage. Since Burrow did it, they, uh, Stafford did it, Mayfield did it, they all – and that's the difference. The, when, when we didn't have Darius, he had to be on the field. So they attacked him. Now he doesn't have to be on the field. So Kloos immediately after that first drive in the second half said, nope, we're not going to keep him on the field if he's going to play like this. And, and that – I mean, I thought that was a big point no one's going to talk about but he went to that nickel for for basically the rest of the second half. Our defense really balled out the rest of the second half. Other than that one kind of fluky long pass drive that they had, other than that, they didn't give up anything after that. So I really love our young core of linebackers. I love Okariki. I think he's going to be – I mean, I think Okariki at middle linebacker is going to make Darius Leonard even better when he starts there. When Next year when he's starting at middle linebacker. I think it's even going to make Darius Leonard – even better than he is now. And we said he would be even better with the Forrest Buckner. And, and so 
it's common sense. You watch the two guys play. Okariki's superior to Anthony Walker. So he's going to be here. He's going to be our middle linebacker next year. We just cannot have a liability on our defense. And, and, and when you get good on defense or in any position or group of, of players and the level of play is rises, guys you like are going to start, you know, falling by the wayside because they just aren't good enough. And that's how good teams get great. Those players that were making the roster or you were signing, well, you're not, you're not doing that anymore because you have upgrades. And that's what we have in Bobby Okereke. I don't think people realize how special that kid can be. And then you throw that together with Darius Leonard, who's already special. It sucks because I think Flus is going to be gone after this year. But I think our defense next year is going to be even better than this defense this year. And the defense this year is pretty damn good. Yeah, and I had people arguing with me on Twitter. One guy said, your takes suck because I was talking about Anthony Walker being a weak link and not being back next year. I like Anthony Walker. He's a good guy. He's a good teammate. He's been a good Colt. He really has been a good Colt. He was one of the better players on the defense a couple years ago in 2018. But we've added so much talent, including that guy sitting behind him in Bobby Okariki, who was a Hall of Famer before he stepped on the field, according to Pat McAfee. So <laughs> when you have a freak like that, because when you look at just like the athlete, Bobby Okariki is so much closer to Darius Leonard on like the, the pendulum of linebackers than Anthony Walker. When you look at wingspan and speed and just all the different tangibles that he has, he is much more in the elk of a Darius Leonard. So to get them on the field together, you're going to see big things happen. And I think, I honestly think it hurts because sometimes you have a guy who could kind of hide when he's surrounded by talent, but with Anthony Walker, I think he sticks out more because teams oh, yeah. are literally keying in on him. It's like when, you know, you lock in on your target and that's the target. We can't go anywhere else because nothing else. Xavier wasn't great today, but you really couldn't go anywhere else. And it was hard for receivers on the outside to create separation because we had such a great push up front from our defensive line today that the corner's job was a lot easier because they didn't have much time for their receivers to create separation with the linebackers it was a little bit different. And Anthony Walker kept getting lost. He kept getting lost, especially that one drive that sticks well, out to all of us. When they went right down the field, it was just boom at Walker, boom at Walker, boom, touchdown at Walker. And somebody was telling me, oh, you're crazy. You don't think he's going to be back. He's our leading tackler. Tackles are not the best. They might even be the worst statistic to take at face value. Think back to Quell Jackson. Quell Jackson. <laughs> Jackson made a Pro Bowl in Indianapolis because he racked up 150 tackles. Tackles don't equal great linebacker play. If anything, he has a lot of those tackles because he gives up so many freaking receptions. Yeah. He's getting well, targeted what... a lot. He's given up a ton of receptions, and then he's making the tackle seven yards after the play should have already been blown up because he should have knocked it away. Yeah. His instincts for the position just aren't great in the past game. Every team runs that little in route to the place where he's supposed to be, and he gets killed every game, but he makes the tackle after the 10 or 15-yard game. That's how he gets tackles. Yep. He gets some in the run game, but a lot of the tackles are him getting beat on pass plays then making the tackle. Yeah, so, and like you said before, Jason, he's a good rotational player. He's good against right. the run. But right. the problem is the guy behind him is just flat-out better, and – I don't even think I'd be opposed to bringing him back as a backup next year, but I think somebody might even pay him as a starter. So then go let him go there. I want him to go get paid, and I just don't see a starting spot for him on this defense next year because we have too much talent behind him. So we're not going to pay him like a starter, so he's going to be gone. Like, it's just a fact. Like, he's going to be gone. And Colt fans, as much as you love him, you're going to have to face that. There were a lot of players we loved in the past, but we let them go. And a lot of players we let go that were a hell of a lot better than Anthony Walker. Yeah, and I think somebody out there is going to is gonna overpay for him Me based too. on some of the stuff we've talked about. So, And Ballard's just not going to overpay a mediocre – I mean, listen, he's good, on, he's good against the run. He's horrendous against the pass. He's not going to pay for that. And Walker's not going to stay here to be a backup. So, I mean, the writing is on the wall with him. I love the kid. I think he's going to make a good coach someday. He just doesn't have the instincts in the pass game that you need or the athleticism in the pass game that yeah. you need to really play. And also – also, Jason, I'm sorry to cut you off. Instincts 
and IQ are totally different. He's an intelligent player because Leonard's always talking about how smart he is and how he knows the defense and everything. Instincts is more natural. It's more of just like a feel to get to a spot, which he lacks. I'm sure he knows. Like, I think when they watch film, I think he's one of the smartest guys on this defense. But instinctually, he doesn't have that natural reaction to spots that other players have where it's just kind of in you. Like, you kind of just have it or you don't, and he doesn't have it. A hundred percent. I couldn't have said any better. And, and listen, I wish him well when, after, after the year. And I hope he plays well the rest of this year, honestly, because we need everybody to play well when they're on the field. I, I still think he's a, a really solid run defender, but I know this sounds like we're being hard on. We Both Luke and I love this kid. It's just, this is what we see when you watch the team. You just, as soon as the team sees 54 on the field, they're throwing it at him. If you can't see that, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I don't want people to think, we have some personal vendetta against this guy and we're ripping him apart or anything. It's not that it's just, we watch the film and you watch what they do. And I mean, you saw AJ green look like he rewinded 10 years last week because Anthony Walker wasn't getting to his spot. And then this week, you know, he just had a hard time. The guy just, you know, I love him, but there's just guys in this league that have limitations and Anthony Walker jr. Is just one of them. He's just not good against the pass. Yep. And if you go back a year or two ago over the summer, he was our like most underrated player on this defense. Nobody was talking about him. I really liked him. I had him as one of my like breakout players and he did improve from 17 to 18. I thought from 18 to 19, maybe like a gray area kind of stayed the same. Now I think he's taking a step back and it's not even that he's taking a step back as Everybody's much better. as it is. Everybody around yep. him got so much better in yep. 2017 when he was a rookie, we didn't have Leonard yet. Then in 2018, we didn't have Okariki yet. We just have so much more talent now. And then the talent around him too. Like the D-line so much better. The safeties are so much better. The corners are so much better. His neighboring linebackers are so much better. It just makes him look worse because he sticks out like a sore thumb. Last thing on the defense, Jason, and then we'll get into special teams. Today was the second Day this season, the Colts allowed less than 30 rushing yards. In seven games, we've allowed 29 or less rushing yards twice. That's an incredible – we're on pace to do that four or five times this year. That's an incredible statistic and a testament to how good this Colts team has been against the run, stopping the run. You think back to the Manning teams, how bad some of those defenses were at stopping the run except the miraculous Super Bowl run where we did a great job stopping the run but so many of those teams they would just get gashed on the ground not this Eberflus defense we are phenomenal on the and you know what we did it twice in 2018 it's the first time since 2018 where we held multiple teams in the same season to 29 or less rushing yards in 2018. One of those games must've been week two against the Redskins today. We see Adrian Peterson again. So I don't think Adrian Peterson wants to see the Colts again for the rest of his career. Yeah. And one other thing I want to mention Luke is, is the defensive tackling today was outstanding. I, I know they probably missed a tackle somewhere, but I don't remember it. I thought the tackling was just absolutely incredible today the defensive line and just the linebackers and everybody just attacking a lot, the way they attacked the line of scrimmage today. I mean, they were pushing those guys back into Stafford. And, yep. and when we were, and when they ran the ball, the line is, we were reestablishing the line of scrimmage two yards behind the initial line of scrimmage. Yep. I, I mean, you can't win playing that way. As far as the lions go, our defense was just not going to be denied today. I give a lot of credit to Flus really getting after these guys and, and letting them know, like, the Cincinnati game's unacceptable. We can't come out like that. We can't – you know, we have to play better. And I thought they schemed it up. And I just thought – I mean, that defense was unbelievable against the run. Just yeah. – they had nowhere. They had nowhere to go. Down. Nowhere. There was a third down. Kenny Moore had an incredible tackle against a guy oh, like yeah. twice his size. I think it was against the tight end. So you got this small little slot corner going up against a 250, 260-pound tight end. I think he even lifted him in the air. He decleated him. It was a great tackle by Kenny Moore. And yeah, the tackling today, Jason, like you said, superb. Didn't come out sluggish off the bye. 
I thought the defense, besides in the first half, besides the one possession, which was really just one play following the block punt, they were fantastic. They had the Rhodes accident there on the one deep ball following the Kenny Moore pick six. But all in all, very happy with today's defensive performance. And then special teams, which was really the weak point of today's game. We had the punt get blocked. We had two missed extra points from Rodrigo Blankenship. That can't happen. You have to make your extra points. He missed two extra points today. Didn't hurt us because we won the game by 20 points. But next week against Baltimore, those points are going to matter. Against Bay, those points are going to matter. Against the Titans, those points, as we know from last year, are going to matter because we missed an extra point that kind of came back to hurt us against the Tennessee Titans. So, this week, it is imperative that he makes his extra points. And I know this guy never missed one in college. He was perfect this year up until today on extra points, 200 for 200 at the University of Georgia. So he misses the first one. The second one's probably mental. He did make the rest of them that we asked him to make today, but inexcusable. Extra points are automatic. When you score a touchdown, I should be able to get up, go to the bathroom, get something to drink. I shouldn't have to worry about the extra point. The PAT should be automatic. And today he missed two, so that's inexcusable. Block punt, inexcusable. And then to start the second half, they had a big kick return that kind of got the offense going. They go down, they score a touchdown, cut it to a one-possession game. So I thought special teams, and that's just what I remember off the top of my head. Ashton Doolin had a fumble, too. Was that on special teams? That was that was that could have been on special teams. So special teams today, the weak point of this Colts win, for sure. Yeah, this is the first time they really got outplayed in special teams. I thought they dominated most every game they've been in special teams-wise. So you're not going to win special teams every week. But I, like you said, man, Getting punts blocked and missing extra points, you can't you can't do that stuff. You just can't do it. Really, really disappointing performance from that aspect of the game. But the great thing about a team sport is you've got two other aspects of this team that lifted up the special teams today. I saw even after the second Blankenship missed extra point, I saw guys coming up tapping them on the helmet, which obviously you don't want to miss extra points. No one does. But I thought it was a great sign that those guys were picking them up and and really kind of staying, you know, keeping his head keeping his head up and keeping him in the game um, because we're going to need him. We are going to need him. And so obviously a letdown on special teams that you just can't have today. Punts being blocked is unacceptable. Missing extra points is unacceptable. But I I just think this is an aberration. I don't think this is – we've seen – we played, what, seven games? We've been outstanding in six of them. We had a bad game today. I think they turn the page, get back on track next week. Both the punting team and the kick – team I think will be you know back to normal next week just just a bad game today but the other two parts of this team lifted it up they won you know offense definitely won their their battle and the defense absolutely dominated on their their side so two out of three really is what you need to win a game and today we got that and it was good enough to win by 20 and and hopefully next week we'll get all three phases because we're gonna need them all you know Baltimore is tough I think they have the best roster in the AFC, maybe in the league. So it's going to be a tough game and they're going to be pissed off after the Pittsburgh game. So we're going to have to be ready to play and we can't have punt block and missed extra points next week. We're going to need all those points. And uh, I think the team's going to be, I think it's, it's a great measuring stick game, Luke. I think it's going to be interesting to see how things go. And I think people are going to be surprised. I'll just say that. I think the next four games are going to surprise a lot of people around the league. And you're going to pick against the Colts in each and every one of those games, right? Every one of them. Okay, good, 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 good. And uh, I just want to say one more thing about the kicking situation. When Rigoberto missed his two extra points, I thought of 2019 Adam Vinatieri. When Matt Prater missed his kick before the half, I thought of 2005 Mike Vandershank. Oh, my God. It was Vandershank to the other side. It was Vandershank to the oh. left instead of Vandershank to the right. I don't know where he was kicking that ball. That was awful. Was he playing Dizzy Bat before he kicked that ball? <laughs> had no clue where that was going oh dear god that was yeah. whew, that was something man else. you're giving you, <laughs> Luke. you're giving everybody bad flashbacks brother you talked about bad the same flash- okay 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 <laughs> ford field ford whatever 
the Lions Stadium. It's called Colts are three and zero. Philip Rivers now joins Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning as quarterbacks to win in those three games. Peyton Manning threw six touchdown passes. Andrew Luck had a walk off touchdown to Avery. Great comeback. Philip Rivers today three touchdowns, no picks, twenty point win to just sprinkle some positivity and good <laughs> memories on everybody before we get into another positive thing. Player of the game. Absolutely 100% Philip Rivers. Uh, he was outstanding today. Like I mentioned earlier, there were no play. There was no what the F throws from Phil. There were no almost turnovers. He was outstanding. The line did a great job protecting him. He was on point with, with almost all of his throws. And if the throws weren't there, he threw it away. So Philip Rivers, when he plays like that, we're a different team because he's not turning the ball over. He's getting the ball, spreading it around. So you can't zero in on one guy. I just thought he was outstanding. I thought he was he was the guy today that I thought we were going to see all year. And I'm so happy we saw him from the second quarter on in Cincinnati to, to this game today. He's going the direction that we want him to go, as opposed to last year where our quarterback progressively got worse. I think this year you're going to see Phillip Rivers really turn it on and have a great second half to this year. And I think he's the key to this team, obviously. Quarterback play always is. But I think he is I think he's going to have a great second half of the year. It's the reason why we brought him in. And today was just an outstanding performance in every possible way. He took care of the ball, accurate as hell, made some great throws, dimes to, to Naheem Hines for a touchdown. You mentioned earlier the, the ball to Pascal, absolutely just perfect uh, placement with that throw. So my player of the game, 100% for me, is, is number 17, Phillip Rivers. That's a great pick. And his trajectory is trending upward, which is what you want to see out of every player, especially the most important position, the quarterback position. And at 38 to see that trajectory going up is a great sign. So that's a great pick. Rivers had a great game. I was thinking Naheem Hines with the two touchdowns, but he also had a couple drops, which stalled the offense in the third quarter. I was thinking Jordan Wilkins, but honestly, I'm not surprised by the game Jordan Wilkins had. I kind of expect it. You give him, you finally give him 20 carries. That's the type of performance I expect. That's actually the bare minimum of what I expect at 4.5 yards per carry, just under 90 yards rushing on 20 attempts. Like that's the guy I always thought he was. And we finally got to see. So I think Reich for unleashing that Taylor, Clearly didn't have it today. You go to the vet or the third year, fourth year guy, third year guy in Jordan Wilkins. I thought you did a great job, but I can't give my player of the game. I got to go on the defensive side of the football. And it's funny because we talked about it off air. You almost went here. So I'm going to go here because you took rivers and I'm going with the defensive line players of the game, going with the defensive line, Autry, two sacks, Lewis, two sacks. Buckner's name doesn't come up in the stat sheet. And same with Grover, as much as their impact would tell you on tape. They're constantly pushing the pocket. The run game for Detroit, non-existent, 29 rushing yards, five sacks, four for the defensive line, and then one for Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard had the play of the game. He had the play of the game in a one-possession game with Detroit driving strip sack and then Colts off to the races. So that was the play of the game, but the player of the game I'm going with that Colts defensive line. They came to play today. They were still embarrassed about that first quarter against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they saw on tape them get pushed on that. Who was it? Mixon that Mixon touchdown where they completely got just bulldozed into the end zone. They weren't happy about that. They watched that tape didn't sit well with them. They came to play today. All of them, whether they popped up in the stat sheet or not, Justin Houston, Al-Kadim Muhammad, I'll give it to all of them. The defensive line today, they showed up. They balled out. Phillip Rivers as well. Great selection by you, Jason. And just a really good team win. This is one of those games where you could give it to a bunch of guys. Hell, I just gave it to four-plus guys. You gave it to Phillip Rivers. Just a solid team win. Naheem Hines deserves some recognition as well, of course. And then Marcus Johnson, we didn't hear Marcus Johnson's name like we did last week, but it seemed like when we needed him to step up, he made a couple big plays today. He's just one of those guys, right place, right time, third and 10. He's going to make a play for you. So just a solid, solid team win and a huge game next week 
against the team with the same record as us. Everybody wants to say they're a Super Bowl contender. You don't really hear it about the Colts. We got the Ravens next week in Indianapolis. That's going to be a big game. Colts, Ravens. I can't wait for that one, Jason. Yeah, my hometown team, man. Going to be a lot of smack talk around these. Really excited, man. This game today, I thought I thought you were right when you said early in the show there wasn't much juice for it, and I didn't really get it. Fortunately for us, the Colts came out. You know, they their defensive line had the juice. That was a great pick by you for the player of the game. Those guys, ironically, played the Lions because the Lions got mauled by our defensive line. But absolutely pumped about next week. Really the four-game stretch, man, because it's a barometer of how good we are and how good we can be. Even if we don't win, like say we go out, we play our ass off and we lose by three points next week, I won't be happy, but it'll show what like this team is capable of. They can play with the big boys. And, and that's what I want the, the world to see the next four weeks is that this team can beat anybody, can play with anybody. And I think they're going to shock a lot of people because not a lot of people are talking about the Indianapolis Colts or the Indianapolis Colts defense. But I'll tell you what, that Indianapolis Colts defense is fierce. And I think you're going to see it next week and you're going to see it the rest of the season. Matt Eberflus has those guys playing like dogs. And I'm just I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to see him play right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just so pumped up about the game. And uh, pumped to see him go after the Ravens next week and get a, a big time win. That'd be a huge win for us. So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. If you couldn't tell, and uh, I'm really excited to see how we match up next week with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and if you have a three point loss and you play really competitive next week against the Ravens at five and two, you could afford that. If we were sitting at four and three, and that game next week, like a great, oh, congratulations, you almost beat the Ravens, that puts you at four and four. And then you're really just scratching and clawing and scratching and clawing all year. So to get this one down, to get this under our belt, in addition to that Bengal game where we trailed by 21 points, huge. Five and two with a plus minus of over 60, a plus minus of 62 in comparison to that plus minus of seven this time last year, sitting at five and two with a quarterback who is on the up and up with the trajectory pointing towards the sky rather than crashing back to earth like we saw at the quarterback position around this time last year as the weeks continued. So big win for the Colts, five and two, couldn't be happier with that. The game preview this week, Jason, I'm pumped. Oh, we have a Q&A this week too. So boom, Q&A, follow us on Twitter, at For the Culture, at For the Culture underscore J. I'll retweet that tonight to get a couple more people on there. And then we'll do that Q&A on Tuesday, game preview Thursday or Friday. And then Colts Ravens next week, which should be one hell of a game. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. And this is the For the Culture Podcast.